You're very welcome to LOI Weekly, Season 4, Episode 13, and reliably informed it's our 133rd episode, and would you believe it, football is coming back on Friday with a couple of games, and we are here, uh, the LOI Weekly podcast is back, the long-awaited restart, and it is thanks to our new sponsors, Lotto Land, and uh, genuinely very thankful to Lotto Land for coming in and sponsoring the show, you'll find odds and special bets for the rest of the SSE Artricity League Premier Division season, uh, check out lottoland.ie forward slash sportsbook, and uh, Price is available there for the four games this weekend. Um, as always, we're at Podcast Republic, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, at LOI Weekly on Twitter. And as ever, we're in association with Airsport and Independent.ie. Um, and it's just great to be back, Dan. Uh, it's been a long, long wait. It's been a long wait, yeah. I don't know if I actually haven't seen you in the flesh in several months. And mm. Probably going to be more still zooming it for the uh for the probably for the for the most of the running mm. we're back we're back to our audio roots well know? it's, it's, it's strange uh, in off the ball it's still weird most people aren't going in it's still people are still doing a lot of stuff remotely like people uh, have got very used to it mm. yeah we've like we've all we've all adapted to different different habits and different ways of life and it's even unusual uh, it's unusual just seeing people you know like we, we've we've interacted a fair bit over the break but not actually mm. in the fle- in the flesh you know so and and I think that's how a lot of people are going to continue to do their business um, over over the next while. And it is strange, like you know, I am very conscious. Like we talk about football being back this week, but actually, um, you know, for not people, for a lot of people, it's n- it's not back in the way that it that it would be. You know, like think of all the people who who meet up and go to wherever Bows on a Friday night or wherever it might be. Oriel, it is this week, and just games what and Turner's Cross and Shells and. You know, people have all their routines of, you know, where would they go for their drink or their food or whatever before or after the match or planning the bus for the away for the away game if you're if you're that you know, if you're the the, 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 the organizer for that. Um so, you know, yes, quite literally football is back in the sense of the actual football. Um but but the league's not back in, in the sense of its of its true personality. So we're heading into sort of a an unusual uh, type of limbo. It's a very interesting experiment. I, I, still, I think people are going to are going to get on board and enjoy it, but they're enjoying it in a different way. And I, th- I feel that like you know, there's going to be another day when football is back, and it'll feel more real. Um, you know, when you have that social element to it that we're definitely still going to miss, and not to start in a downer with that because you know we've, I, I you know I know I know that when games start things will happen in games that will get us energised by the games and we'll find ourselves debating those issues. Um, but I, I think there's obviously going to be a, a strangeness uh, around this weekend for people, which there'll be a, I think there'll be an adjustment phase with that, definitely. Mm. How have you found watching matches that are behind closed doors on screens and TV and <laughs> yeah, all Yeah, like, it's... it's. I mean, I, I think it's interesting, like, that it, it places a lot of scrutiny on the product you know the mm. actual product that and, and this is my point even as well is is you know do we, we obviously have this new streaming uh platform that, that's brought into the equation and we're gonna we're still gonna go through our, our issues in a week and there's gonna be an overlap here um I, like I, I i like watching games because you know you're i like watching the games that i'm interested in the games i guess probably the best way of putting it you know if i'm interested in the match you're still interested in, in the game whereas you know if you if you if you find yourself as i have occasionally you know at the early stages of the lockdown i remember watching like a game in korea one day because it might be the only game on in the world or or somewhere like that and and it's fine but it, it gets to the stage where maybe that lack of crowd atmosphere 
you're 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 more inclined to drift. I think when you're watching, or go on your phone. Well, or people, yeah, but people have a shorter attention span now yeah. anyway. And so sometimes a lot of people who watch games, uh, they they actually they say they they watched the game last night, but they watched it on the basis of crowd noises, you know, mm. bringing them back into it. So they Pr- might be in their own their ears. They're in their own, and then they hear a cheer or a shout, and so you actually really have to concentrate and watch it. But it's weird, like the odd time I found myself really getting into a game. Um, that I didn't think I would. Like, there was one Arsenal game one day. I wouldn't necessarily be like, I have no interest really like in Arsenal that much. But it was just a good game and it was absorbing. And there was no, I I I know people had the choice and various. I always went with the the no fake crowd noise. I just wanted the actual authentic as possible. Yeah, the fake noise just drives me absolutely nuts. The, the staggered you know? uh, fixed result gives like everyone a chance to watch pretty much as many League of Ireland games as they want now. This is kind of mad. People will be a lot. I people will know a lot more about other teams mm. than they normally do. Like the nature of the league is that a lot of people would know their own club and their own players, and and often like you would have, uh, you know, you you could have like. Uh, a top premier player and it's still like number seven to large parts of the crowd you know mm. um and we'll see you know we'll see how it how it goes like i think like, i'm very conscious that we're here sort of in an air sports scenario and like you know so air sports still have you know uh, you know their selected number of live games but there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on the overall quality i think of the streaming package and the, you know how it's presented and and how it functions and um like the, there was the launch last week where um, Declan McBennett from RG spoke about it and uh, I, 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 I filed a piece on the strength of his comments and it generated a lot of comments from people. I mean, I, I was in that discussion with Declan McBennett. I know what he was saying and the point he was trying to get across when he was speaking about there's no excuses if this, if this doesn't work. The point that was being made, and I don't know if it necessarily came across in the piece, was that what we do have and what we should relish is probably... You know, for the first time I can ever remember, we have a really clear break in the sporting calendar, where where the League of Ireland suddenly is going to fall into a vo- into a void. That looks in the winter we have the Premier League, and in the summer you have Gaelic the clash games. with the Gaelic games. Now you have neither of those for the for for August and the beginning of September. You you have club GEA and you have the 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 tail end of the Champions League and Europa League, which are spread out. But in terms of say. Um, you know the Irish, the the like, as much as we talk about the Champions League, a lot of people here, whatever, won't be that engaged by Atlanta and whoever. If there's not, if there's no Premier League team involved, like they will, but they won't. So where I think there's a point is that the games are staggered over the next four or five weeks. Um, there's going to be a certain amount of attention discussion around the matches. I think that the people who are on say on social media, whatever people who follow the league, and there's a lot of media people and stuff. They'll be talking about the games that they're watching. And I think you're going to find it's going to be a lot more people aware of what's going on and thinking, yeah, I might, I might pay my fiver just to watch this game because I'm doing nothing for the next two hours, mm. or you know, I'll, I'll watch this game that's on TV. And yeah, like maybe some people will go and and buy the whole hog. I think the loyal fans possibly will anyway. Um, but it is actually going to put a lot of scrutiny. And attention on the product, like you know, often we we sell the League of Ireland to people through it's a good night out. You go and have a bit of crack. You know, I think crowds have been good in the last while. We talk about, but Bose comes to mind because they've they've got the whole social event of people going to the game where the game isn't actually the centerpiece of their trip. Like it is absolutely. So yeah. the game is the centerpiece of the trip, but it's not the only reason for the trip. Now all these debates we've had over the last couple of years about two horse league. 
um, about the uncompetitive games that you have some weeks. Um, you know, where it's too easy maybe for, for Dundalk or Shamrock Rovers or Corksey as it was. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny actually, I think, on that now with this. That you know, the staggered games is brilliant for the fans who watch it all, but it's also going to put real uh, eyes and 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 ears on around like, well, how good is this actually? Like when Waterford are playing Finn Harps with no crowd there, is this a good game? What's the level here? You Absolutely, know, if yeah. we have one, if we have one-sided games, the guy watched the dog play Cork earlier in this year. It seems like a different time. One of the most one-sided games I've ever seen. And Rovers had hammered Cork a couple of days previously, but I wasn't at that game. So that's an Undock Cork game. After five minutes, it was like, this is what they're not going to win this game. Like, mm. We can just go home now. Mm. And the the even the atmosphere in Oriel that night was very flat because it was just like you could almost tell. It was and a formality. Yeah. And I just, like, I sound like I'm very negative here, but I actually think that almost if you strip away the crowd on the occasion, uh, it's going to allow us to really examine what we've got. I'm you know, gonna, I'm gonna. I actually think right. Sligo Rovers have made a really interesting signing in junior. Uh, Cork fighting for their lives. Harps had a very good start to the season. Derry um, should be absolutely fine. And Pats have made that interesting signing that we'll get to of Georgie Kelly. I think the games might be fairly competitive, and there's so much at stake because there's like 13 games rounds of games. It's gonna be different. Like, and, and I also <laughs> think as well that like sometimes like like League of Iron players are elite people don't like, people maybe don't realise that outside you, you step on a pitch with a League of Ireland player and you, and you realise they're like they're elite players and sometimes like, you, you watch them in the warm up before the game you know pinging the ball around and you realise how good these guys mm. actually are you know when you strip them in normal standards and then suddenly you put them into a match situation and uh, you know you have the crowd you have these derbies that become um like the football goes out the window because the occasion takes over, and I do wonder at times with with no crowds there to, to flip it the other direction, will there be a bit more freedom at times? But the flips, you know, and that you have these entertaining games out of nowhere. Um, but the, the, the counterpoint is the pressure, and it's funny. I watched the end of the championship last Wednesday, um, and I, I look, I love the championship, and in fact, the last two rounds of the championship this year uh, were West Brom and Brentford. Basically, with no fans in the stadium, but the sheer scale of what they were playing mm. for meant that they both almost froze and bottled it in their last two games. And West Brom just did enough to get over the line. Like Brentford, who are a great side to watch and like had a great season, unfortunately, like they just they just they just froze. And they didn't need fans in the stadium to do it. It was almost like we're a game from the Premier League here. So those nerves can still affect you. But I I wonder in the earlier weeks, you know, will you see the odd game? I just have this feeling we might have the odd game or two that's just players completely liberated and we just have, yeah, like, well, you know, you know, if you saw, if you saw Glen Thorne and um, uh, Cliftonville last night, it looked a little bit like a preseason game was so open um, in Windsor Park. It was just a strange experience, very watchable, but it'll be interesting. In theory, the, the better team should just be winning these games now. There's no crowd like going to Finn Park and maybe going to Turner's Cross doesn't seem what it might yeah, otherwise yeah but um, you, you can still bring the pitch in and grow the grass <laughs> long or whatever you like you, um, people will find a way we've got to talk Mark Scanlon as well so he got the so yeah, well, we've, got, we've got our points we don't have our wall here but mm. our first point was more the lockdown, the lockdown saga, saga which actually before we get to Mark Scanlon the lockdown saga it's like at least we're here yeah, at least like it looked for like there are previous pods that we did, like it looked like you know there was a, a feeling at various stages that football might not come back. Absolutely, um, I think like I think an eighteen game season is far from ideal, but the more you talk to people, the more it was the only the only solution. It seems. Um, well, you know, 
it's funny though. It's funny what's happened now because it does look like um, it does look like that a version of the wage subsidy scheme is going to continue mm. beyond uh, October into November. I know it's maybe they're tweaking the terms and, and whatever. So actually, the the main reason that we're getting the eighteen game season was. Clubs wouldn't born, be able to afford it. was it, like. born from the point of view that, that that scheme would end at the end of September. Mm. Uh, and that's why. So actually, when you look at it now, if that scheme's continuing, there would really uh, be the scope there to play for longer. And I, I think that it's possible that that may still end, turn out to be a bit of a regret. But it's easy to say that now. It's sort of ironic how it turned out that way. Like, you could actually have a situation where this scheme has been, is, is, is operational through December and January when there's no football on at all. It'd be almost like some of the clubs would be so desperate to save a few quid. They could nearly get the season going again bloody 1st of September. Or 1st of December. Let's just get it started as quickly as possible. Yeah. We, we can get 85% of our wage bill paid. So that's actually, that's one of the things. But when they made their final decision about coming back, they weren't armed with that information. So I understand how it came to it. We had this bruising saga of, you know, uh, uh, should we come back at all? Um, you know, sh- should we have no relegation? Should we have one team going down? You know, Shamrock Rovers going a particular way. Um, you know, so we are in the situation where we possibly could have come back and played a longer season, but that's gone now. And I, I don't, I'm not favouring reviewing that now as much as some clubs would, would love it. I think Dundalk would, would like it. And I'm yeah. sure, you know, the team that finishes bottom uh, after 18 games will, will, will suddenly have a different view. But like, it, it's all come around on account of like, what? There's no chance of that happening, is there? Well, I, I sort of think that before it starts, I feel like everyone needs to agree not to be talking about any legal issues afterwards. Mm. This is like, this is what we're doing. We now. have three days. Like, you know, this is this is this is it. Uh, you have to accept it. Um, I don't like it. I would have played for longer. Mm. Um, and I think, but at the same time, I understand why it all comes back to finances of. Well, the player, the attitude was the contracts are ending at the end of October. We can't be extending them for longer. But as it is now, it looks like that wage support possibly will be there for longer. But anyway, it's done. Uh, and I, I think there is an element of we've had this quite bruising saga, but I think once we get to Friday, we almost have to accept, well, this is it. This is what's happening. Yeah. Let's play for the rest of the season. And it does become, sadly for those clubs that are down towards the bottom, it becomes quite exciting. Because every game will mean something. Well, Sligo's next, first two games are what? Derry and, I think, Cork? Every game, like, yeah. For like, example. Every game in the next three months, like, you won't have any week where you'll have dead rubbers, really. Mm. You know, unless for somehow someone wins the league early, which I don't think will happen. You know, you know, and I think even the, the race for Europe, that there'll be something going till the end of the season. And then we're going to have the cup at the other end of the season as well, which is something that we've got to... You know, which which is going to be unusual again. You know, it may not be in the Aviva uh, because of costs, and you wonder now could they could they do that? You know, but I under, like there came a time where they just had to make a decision, and they've made a decision. And we have to deal with it. Um, the the second point that we have is yeah, Mark Scanlon has been appointed as the new League of Ireland director. We still haven't heard from him yet. Um, That's a good point, actually. Yeah, because I I did um, an interview with Gary Owens. I think the day before this was announced, and uh, I have to say I hadn't heard of Mark Scanlon. Now maybe that's just me, but uh, I know he was working in the FAI. But I did get a lot of like, this is just a really really bad sign of where the FAI is going. That this appointment was made. That's kind of a. I guess the theory was that it's somebody that's in this in the FAI circle that can be controlled. Yeah, well, um, I mean, and I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, so. like that, I mean, I just well. 
America's the right to reply. We're maybe, not, yeah, we're not going to get into the... I'm sure we'll, just, we'll hear from America. And I'm not going to get into the FBI politics thing today mm. because it's driving me mad, mm. right? And I don't even think we have the time to do it. But Why like, do you know America? Um, and, I, you know, there would be times that would make you, over the last couple of months, would make you wonder, will we ever get out of this cycle yeah. in football? But anyway, Mark is, is well thought of by people mm. in the FBI. Um you know he's he's uh, he's but he's he's been involved in development work in Mead and then graduated to third level in schools. But it's it strikes me right now. I I, I like he hasn't been put out for various launches and stuff because we were told he hasn't started yet. Although as far as I gather, he's actually been you know he's been shadowing Fran Gavin and and doing various bits of bits and bobs. You know g- g- getting to grips. I think he he's been in the meetings last week and stuff. So like he has started. He will start to speak at some stage, but like. One thing I would say, right, people have been very critical of the fact it didn't look externally. This was a product of an internal restructuring process, which is geared around people saving their jobs or, you know, that that, that you have the, the least amount of redundancies as possible. So as a result, that's why they've, they've streamlined some roles and it was all internal process. Mm. So I understand why they did that process. The, 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 the underwhelming aspect of it which is no reflection on Mark itself, it's that that the League of Ireland directorship role is just sitting in with a number of other roles, you know, chief operating officer and and roles that are almost just like executive roles within a company. Mm. Like almost like, it's like someone reshuffling their backroom team in a a football club, whereas you would have thought that the League of Ireland directorship should be almost separate to that process and like be a role for a flagship individual, which, which makes you wonder, is he really just there to be more of an administrator who like it was running the league and you know liaising that that rather entails. than being the face of the league and I think maybe people were looking for an appointment that would be like the a, figurehead. Commi- a commissioner mm. you know in American terms whereas it's more a case of that he's just like a, the league director uh, where it's almost like the general manager of the league mm. as opposed to like the the CEO of the league and that's that's the difference, and that's why it's underwhelming for a lot of people that it's just come. You know, it's not that this new energy is coming in, but he deserves time to like to bring his own personality to it and see see what he does. Like as I said, it just I find it, I find it slightly unusual um, that uh, since we've had this launch of a new streaming product last week, um, and the only person actually there to speak officially, and the only reason Declan Bennett was really interviewed was because there was no one from an FEI perspective there to speak about it. And I just hope that that there's not because of the whole FEI politics thing and stuff that's going on that we have this situation where people are not going to come out and speak from the FEI's behalf because they're afraid of getting brought down the avenue of talking about all the other stuff. Mm, um, fair point, it just yeah. strikes me as a, as a slightly flawed. But we'll, we'll come back to Mark, I think, again. And, like, you know, he, he does he deserves time. The negative commentary is not a reflection on him personally. I think it's, more a, reflection, yeah. it's more a reflection of how the whole process has been handled. Um, um, point three, the All-Ireland League. Now, this I was a bit surprised at this because I kind of, I thought with all the madness of 2020 that this would just be parked for the foreseeable but none of it and uh, all bar two Irish League Premier Division clubs and the League of Ireland top 10 clubs in the Premier Division um, they all basically expressed their support with regard to UEFA looking into this and seeing the feasibility of it um, interesting times yeah like I mean Kieran Lucid hasn't gone away and mm. he's never given up and as you say we, yeah, we have 20 to 22 top flight clubs in the island you know committing 
to print their opinion that they want this to be explored with UEFA. The whole point about this process that's gone at the moment is we are wasting our time with this discussion if UEFA are not exactly, on board yeah. with it. So you may as well find out if they're on board with it, find out what the real threshold and boundaries are as regards European places, and then go from there. Um, and then you can kind of start talking then the you can go to commercials. money and so Yeah, forth. no, I heard yeah. you on with Ivan Yates and you explained it well at that point. It's, it's very true that you can't, we can engage in all these big hypothetical discussions about it, uh, but like, so you, like, it's like you go and make a pitch to someone now and say, "Will you do this?" Well, um, yeah, but what does it mean for Europe, or what's it mean for? Oh, actually, we don't know. We'll, we'll come back to you after. Yeah. It's, so it, it makes sense to go this way. The big fear we still have, like, you know, I hear people still suggesting that they would like if it was if we were, you know, that we were just doing it properly, that, that we were going with the original plan. Which would have been my preference. Which would be your preference, yeah. a lot of people's preference, that we just go all in and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an all-iron league from the start and that's it, it's, it's nothing else. Um, but that's not going to fly, that's not going to get past the, um, that's not going to get beyond the, the Northern Irish clubs. And even yeah. some of the commentary from up there would worry you that with 10 of the 12 clubs signed there, two didn't. But I even saw, and I mentioned this, I think, on Off the Ball at one stage, that uh, on social media, the, like, a journalist had that story about the letter and there was a director of one of the club that had signed the letter denying that the letter existed. And then had to be told, no, no, the letter did exist. But then there was a back and forth discussion where they were sort of saying, well, should the IFA mightn't even send that to UEFA anyway. Mm. And there, there is no doubt that every time the All-Ireland League is discussed, there does seem to be a tone of coverage, you know, driven by sort of commentators in the north that are almost very desperate to shoot this down yeah um not willing to to really engage with it and i think actually some of the best commentary from it has been from some of the people involved with linfield who you think would be the biggest problem um but actually like uh, pat fenlin and, and roy mcgivern and they're very intelligently saying let's see what could be in this for us Let's find out and then make a decision. And the decision might be no then, but at least make the decision when you're fully abreast of the facts, whereas it seems like some people are not willing to even consider the facts because they might be afraid that they might actually, it might look good. Um, so I think we'll be coming back to this in our shortened season again. Um, but it, I, I think there's a determination there. And what I would say is how to hold like both associations and both leagues had issues with the pandemic, which exposed, like there's a lot of sort of stuff about from the Northern Irish Football League, we're in great nick up here. Their, their, their return to play was a fiasco and exposed that they have in divisions between what different clubs in their league want. They're exactly the same as down here. Mm. Like, no, you know, so like... Which the, actually just, it just... Again, we have so much in common. It emphasises though, if you brought the two of them together, you could have a pretty strong Premier Division. Do you know potentially, what I mean? yeah, um, potentially. But like this hybrid is the best we're going to have for now mm. but it's worth considering if you wait for up for it um, the sprint finish now is going to be really intriguing and this will also get us on to Georgie Kelly's move because we are just talking about this beforehand that um, you think that Dundalk might be half thinking that well if Pats of Georgie Kelly in the games against Rovers in theory you know, there are only 13 games left. Rovers are going to pretty much win. There is a, it's not a bad theory. because It's not, not quite my theory. I'm you, just you're, saying you're, that... You're speculating that it might be a factor because he's not going to play against Dundalk. And he's he's going to make Pats a better team and he's going to give them a better chance of beating Rovers. It's, listen, I don't, I don't think the move happened for that reason. I was just making a conversational view that it's if you have a strong squad at the moment and you're involved in a title race... Um, and the Rovers would be the same if they came to it. There is a sort of a... It's in your interest for the other teams to be stronger. 
You know, because like all of a sudden the dock need favors. Like, okay, they, they do can, need. Favors. They can beat Rovers at home. Mm. My argument is that I think you know rather than have a sometimes you you don't want players you want players to leave the league because they might embarrass you if they do quite well and you let them go. Now, to be fair, but but the with the broader health situation at the moment that's not really an option. Like for someone to like go overseas or whatever. I'm just making the point that when Pats play Rovers, they're going to be a stronger team than they will be when they play on dock. I think he's a great they, They're going to have they're going to have Georgie Kelly on the pitch. Uh, in against Rovers and he won't be on the pitch against the dog. Mm. That's just my argument. Um, the sprint finish is just purely how the whole dynamic has changed. That we like we're, we're four or five games in, depending on what club you are, and you're now headlong. And I mentioned that we have Darrell O'Connor coming up, you know, from Cork. That the whole dynamic of their season changes because rather than being five games into it, well, we've a lot of time to turn it round. You've seen you've seen panic buys. You've seen like. Uh, uh, I mean, Sl- Sligo Rovers like they, this this incredible fundraising effort that they did, um, and listen, they do this every year to some degree. So I've I've no issue with it, but I expected some commentary about that. All of a sudden, you know, they signed Junior. Yeah, you know, um, so like, and and to be honest, like this is this is what you have to do now. It actually it. It lean it leans towards short term decision making from clubs this, mm. because everything is very pressurized now, and like you see Cork signing sort of a Graham Cummins and Kevin O'Connor, a different type of signing to what they were making back in in March and like the the window or February the windows open till till Friday, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some more last minute shenanigans going round, which is. Like there, a lot of them are short term deals to the end of the season. So you're signing people for thirteen weeks. Like that's, it's not long term planning signing. You're not signing someone now for the future. You're signing them for the present. Like someone like Adam Hamill coming to Derry. People mm. don't realize how good a player Adam, Adam Hamill was, and maybe hopefully still is from a Derry perspective. But I, even I saw Declan Devine say that because of the pandemic, they wouldn't like. There's actually the, the lower league market in England at the moment is 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 in. Decimated. Decimated. Mm. So you have all of a sudden guys now who are willing to go anywhere for a couple of months football just to get paid. Uh, and it's just it's just to play. different type of signings. Mm. Um and and the sprint finish now at, at angle is just that all planning is out the window about like we're we're growing towards next season. All that language is irrelevant. It's all about what can we do now to get to our target. And every club in both divisions, really, um, they can they they just they're committed into this and it's it's so dysfunctional and it's so wrong in some ways but it's 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 actually probably going to be quite entertaining. Like you know? going out, his first two games were Rovers B and Wexford. They would have expected to win both. They got two points. They probably weren't overly worried. Now it's like, well, actually, they, all, all of a you sudden, could regret those. You know, it's yeah. kind of mad. Like, but it let's, can change very quickly. Let's hear from um, one of those aforementioned. We've actually four interviews coming up: Georgie Kelly, Darrell O'Connor, Luke Byrne, and Rob Cornwall. Let's hear from the most topical one, which is Georgie Kelly. I spoke to him earlier on, uh, just after it was announced yesterday that he is moving to St Patrick's on loan until the end of the season. Georgie Kelly, how are you getting on? Not so bad, Johnny. How are you? Not too bad. It's great to have you on the show again. I think the last time we had you on, you were signing for Dundalk, and now we have you on going on loan to St Patrick's. If you could just tell us how this all came about. Um. Yeah, it came about reasonably quickly. Um. I've obviously I've kind of been probing to try and get try and get a loan now for the last you know few months, but just over the weekend there, I got a call that it that it that that it's on and and. Um, I just went and spoke to a couple of clubs and and got it done as quick as as quick as possible, you know. I suppose that's a measure of your ambition as well, because you are playing at the best club in the country, and um, you have, I suppose, been anxious to get game time. Yeah, listen, it's 
I knew coming into Dundalk and when I went there that it would be, you know, it wouldn't be easy for me with Pat. Um, but I, I probably did expect, you know, after the year, maybe, you know, the start of the season to get, the end of last season to get, you know, that a bit more game time. And it just wasn't really coming. Um, I think now is probably the right time for me to, to go and, and try to get minutes somewhere else, you know. Uh, just looking at your goals record there um, for Dundalk and it's interesting that you've netted eight times in 38 games for the Lily Whites but uh, I think that's a very misleading statistic really um, Yeah, there's probably not many starts in there there's probably, there's probably only, I don't know is there even 10 starts? I don't, I don't know Yeah, so it's mo- most of them games have been off the bench and I've only been getting 10 or 15 minutes you know, so it's, it is a bit misleading I suppose how have you felt you've done? Because, um, you know, I suppose there's been a lot of the the game time you've had has been quite productive for you. You've, you've gotten some important goals and did well in Europe as well last year when you were playing. Um, yeah, I, I felt like I'd done whenever I did get an opportunity. I'd done reasonably well. Um, as you say, I chipped in with a few important goals last season. Um, but listen, that's just the way it is. Um, I've I probably done as much as I could. I... I felt I was I was constantly fit. I was always in good enough shape. Um, so now I'm just kind of looking forward now to seeing how how I go. Like I haven't played two games in a row in, in two years. Kind of mad, isn't it? You know. So I'm looking forward now to see how this next few months plays out. Yeah. Do you feel you're a better player than when you signed for Dundalk? A couple of people have asked me this, and I do. Yeah. Um, like I don't regret. I don't regret that. You know that decision or that them last two years. Um, just training with that group. I felt like I've come on, just me and myself, I felt like I've come on quite a bit. Um, I've been involved and been around them, you know, them senior players, them good pros, like, um, you know, and that winning mentality that they have there, I think that's great to, it's great for me to, you know, to be a part of that and to, just to be involved anyway, but I, I definitely think I've improved, yeah. I've what, what, what aspects of the game can you still improve on, do you think? Oh, jeez, loads. Mm. <laughs> um, I have a long way to go yet. Um, I have oh Jesus everything. Listen, I'm I'm only I'm only have I'm limited. I'm I'm fairly limited uh, at the minute. But Stevie would tell you there's loads, loads of little things I can work on in regards to movement and movement around the box, finishing, um, hold up play. There's nearly everything. Um, and that's that's kind of the main things that that's exciting me now is to go to Stevie to to see what I can pick up now and learn off him the next few months. You know. In terms of a loan deal, um, I mean, I can't really think of a better one than this. Yeah, I know that's that's the one they, especially with with you know my past relationship with Stevie and uh, and a few other players, um, and the environment that he seems to have created there, it seems kind of perfect and welcoming for for young players to come in and play. Um, so it does seem perfect, yeah. What do you make of Stevie, and was he a factor in your signing for Pats? He was, yeah. Stevie's a character. Um, he's. I've, when I first came in, he was. He was still a player. When I came into the dock, he was. Still, he was still there as a player, but he was out with, you know, with a broken leg at the time. Um, and then he took over that coaching role. And straight away, just you get, you notice uh, anything Stevie Stephen said, it was, um, you know, he meant it. Like, and it, it was focused and direct. Um, his knowledge, his knowledge of the game is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like, um, and it was a huge factor, a huge factor for me when I sat down with Stevie. Like he knows he knows where he wants to go and, and what he needs to do to get there. Um, you know he's rational. He's a rational thinker. Like he's not, uh, you know, he's not, you know, incredibly optimistic. He's he's just straight and, and knows exactly what he needs and where he wants to go. Um, so it was, a, it was a big factor. It was a huge factor yeah, in, in that season. And your team over Robbie Benson as well. 
Yeah, Robbie's a good friend from from over the years. So yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to it now. Um, to getting in, to getting involved. Yeah. Yeah, and in fairness, they do have like a few options up front, so you're gonna have to fight for your place. Yeah, it'll not be easy, and I know that coming straight coming in. It's not easy going in alone anywhere, um, because you're always seen kind of as that outcast as you're only on loan. But yeah, so I know that, and I know it'll be a battle. They've they've talented, they've had loads of talented players there. Um, so yeah, I'm just hoping to get a few minutes and uh, and do as well as I can when I get them. I suppose it, it just sounds like you're really, really itching just to get back playing, not only because of COVID, but because of, I suppose, your background in that um, you didn't get as much game time maybe as you could have. Yeah, that's the main one. That's, that's the main reason I thought that, you know, that, that I wanted this loan because, you know, I need to play regular games. I need to know how that feels. I haven't done it really in in years now, in a couple of years now. So it's um, that's massive for me now, my, my progression, I think, as a player, you know. Was it any disappointment that you've, I suppose, you've given up on a place in Europe this year or, or playing in Europe? Um, a little bit, but mm. um, but I don't. I think that has to be that that's trumped by the the fact that I need to go and play. Um, you know, I think in the long run that it'll it'll um, it'll stand to me. You know. Did you enjoy that last year? The the few minutes you got in Europe. I did. I enjoyed. I enjoyed every minute. I was at the dock. I didn't even when I when I wasn't playing. Um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, it was, it was, I enjoyed every single minute of it there. Um, just being around that group and being involved in, in, in a team like that. And the, uh, as I said before, the culture there, um, it was brilliant. I enjoyed every minute of it and that European little run that we had. And I hope they can go on and hopefully get, go, go far this season again. What will St. Patrick's Athletic fans expect from you? Um, just an honest striker. <laughs> Don't be expecting too much, is what I say. Um, Gotta get a bit more than that now. <laughs> hopefully, I'll chip in with a few goals, but I don't be expecting too much, is that what I would say? I haven't played, haven't played that often in the last eighteen months. But yeah, hopefully, I'll chip in with a few goals over these next 10, 15 games. Um, that's the plan, anyway. Apparently, apparently, you're not too bad. But just, just lastly, what, what, what sort of nick are you in, and what sort of nick are the players going to be in? Will they be rusty going back into action? It's been so long. I know you've had the odd friendly, but uh, I, was, I was speaking to a few lads, and they said you're in great shape yourself. But like, do you expect to hit the ground running? Um, I, I actually do feel in as good a shape as I've been in over the last, um, you know, over the last year or two. We over the last two, over the last two or three weeks, we've played loads of friendlies because of the size of our squad. Like we've played in-house friendlies, we've played two or three in-house friendlies where you're getting, you know, nearly full games, which I probably wouldn't have been previously. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm, you know, and we've played, we played Longford and Athlone, and I got 90 minutes there against Athlone. So I feel fit, and um, and that's what what's making me even more eager now to get to get going. You know. And I suppose uh, just finally, um, it was it was a very sad week as well for Dundalk with the death of Harry Taff, and he, I guess he's somebody you would have gotten to know quite intimately in your time there. Yeah, it was um it was a devastating week and devastating news for everyone in involved in Dundalk. Harry's I don't know if a, a few knew him or anyone who did know him, Harry was such a character, like um he was always full of energy and uh you know, always in such a good mood and you know, you'd see at first one of the first people you see every morning when you went in was Harry. And um, you know, he'd always have a story or something to, going on to tell you and chat to you about he was um he's a great, great fella and it'll be a huge, huge loss for everyone at the club. Um, so it's devastating news yeah Georgie thanks a million for your time and the very best of luck obviously you won't be playing at the weekend but best of luck thereafter Johnny I appreciate it no problem Dan I think this is a great time being honest with you I watched Pat's 
watched watched them against Waterford. Don't know if I didn't see them maybe after that. Um, and they they played well. Um, in in patches, but they obviously gambled on strikers that you know weren't necessarily in the league, and uh, it may or may not work. But Georgie Kelly, I think, is just going to be a great addition to them. And um, should, yeah, I'm not saying I'm surprised that he's that this has happened, but uh, it was obvious from the interview that he did want out. Yeah, and look, there was there was a lot of chat for the start of the season that he might have gone to Derry. I think he mentioned it, you know, that he'd he'd been asking to go for a while. So it, it tallies with that. He, I'm not, I'm surprised he hasn't signed for Ali Horgan with some of the stuff in that interview. Now, don't be expecting too much from me, mm. you know. Like, well, well, what should I've the past fans be looking everything. forward to? <laughs> but everything. It was yeah. like this is mind games here. You can tell us a bit of Donegal on him. Well, you didn't see um, the actual video, like, because I when we did the interview, he was on video and he was like fidgeting in the chair. He's just like a lad that's a boxer that. Get into the ring. I think he's just mad to play. Football. He looked like that when he played, though. Like mm. I remember, it was a game against Bowes last year where he started, and he was he he just he was just this incredible presence. Mm. But see, yeah, I, I am surprised. I'm surprised, and like I mean, the dog obviously have this you know very big budget, um, and you know, you know that that club like you know they're 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 pushing the boat out with a view to say European success and stuff, and they're not necessarily. You know they're not looking at at balancing the books very much and what they do, but there is an element of balancing the books with this because it looks like David Millen's going to come in. Now, I, I can see why they've they've they want someone like McMillan in their squad, and I do think that there's been a sort of a they are thinking there's a thought process behind what they're trying to do in terms of the type of recruitment that they've done. I think they felt they were short in Europe last year in attacking areas and now with sort of Nathan Adua who's going to come in is going to excite people Kolovic looks good what do we know about Nathan Adua well, Nathan Adua is um, he has well he's an ex-Spurs player but who has played in Scotland and also travelled around Europe as well and people who've watched him in the like he's an alternative to Michael Duffy really but he's a, he's taller sort of languid you know but great skills Um you know, just you know, from a from from a starting position, he just can produce a trick or something. Not as explosive, maybe as Duffy. Although actually, I think he has the capability. Like I've, I'm going off clips of seeing him, and then one of the friendlies. You mm-hmm. know, watching him, and you know, I think actually when he, I think he actually is pretty quick to be honest. But what I'm saying is he has these close control and bits of skill as well that can enliven people. But Kolovic, um, I think they wanted like McMillan previously was so effective in Europe as a number nine because he would run the channels and he would bring other players. And the amount of running he would do like outside of the area you know, was incredibly effective. Now, he also scored a lot of goals too. Um, but he was a good, action, good, good option if you were maybe in a situation where you're almost counter-attacking in a game. And I think maybe there might have been a view... Like you, we saw Huben play in Europe last year. Sometimes he'd be so frustrated. He'd be dropping so deep, he'd almost be at the halfway line mm. in European games. And then that Georgie Kelly is a, you know, is bigger, but the, there was an element that Kelly and Huben was almost too like-for-like like if they were making a change. Um, and McMillan just is a slightly different type of option. And a few of the, the quicker wingers running off him as well... Like I, I can see what they've done. I'm still surprised that they would let someone like Kelly go. That's the only reason I'm making the point about the loan thing is there's probably no harm that he's going somewhere else in the league where he could play against someone. But Absolutely. In, in normal circumstances, I think 
I thought you'd like to have all three options because Kelly is very good and every time he goes involved, if they need to go two up front in a game mm. and Kelly's in the area, he just causes problems. He's actually so, played bugger all as well. It'll be interesting to see. It's a I gamble. Think, it's a gamble yeah. for the doctor to let him go. Yeah, I don't um, think it's a gamble for Pats and I think... Uh, oh, for them, it's an absolute no I think it's a great sign and, um, and it, it's interesting for Pats. Like, they did a kind of an okay start where they get two wins and two defeats and, you know, I've heard people in Watford say that Watford will be targeting Europe well like Pats will seriously be targeting Europe and I think this will give them a big fill up he won't be playing against Dundalk but I think that I think that's a fascinating game on Friday now and the Georgie Kelly story I'm really interested to see how yeah, it goes yeah. um, I don't think Watford will be tra- challenging for Europe now, I didn't I think. think so either John Sheridan obviously in charge there uh, will we hear from Darrow O'Connor now we um, will we, we hear spoke from Dar- to him earlier in the week uh, it was actually last week um, at the streaming launch event and yeah the, my just my initial starting point with Darrow was really just as we mentioned that it, all of a sudden now uh, your, your opening results matter uh, and you, the, the whole perception of the, the rest of the season has now changed. Yeah, suddenly, like, five games in, you've 36 games to play, it's a long season, and then suddenly it's just dawning on you, OK, I have very little games left. Like, But that being said, I know you look at the league table and we're in the relegation spot as we are right now, mm. you're still only four or five points off fourth. Like, Yeah, coin up can change. Um, so, like, as grim as it looks, it's not as bad as it is, Like, but... That being said, we really do need to get off to a flying start. Like we, we need it's going to have to be win at all costs and get confidence up. Um, and once we get that, then we can probably not relax, but try impose our style of play or whatnot, or try grad, like rise up the table if that makes sense. Um, but first and foremost, we just need to get out, even from a psychological point of view. Even if it's only five games in, you don't want to be looking at live scoring and you're in your mm. Cork City in a little red patch at the bottom. Like that's where yeah. they don't belong there. Nobody, every, I think, the majority of people know that. Like. Um, but yeah, we, we 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 really need to rack up a few wins as soon as we get back, and I think we're all under we're all on the same page there. I mean, the fact you're living at home, I suppose. Look, it's not like you're paying rent or something like that. But I, I suppose when the players are laid off and stuff, you know, it's 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 still it's still like not ideal, you know. Yeah, no, but it's it, not. Like, if, does that make it easier your situation rather yeah. than if you were thirty with uh, two kids or something like that? Absolutely, whatever. there's lots in our teams with kids and mortgages, and they're the people you fear for the most. Because uh, to be fair, the club were good. They 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 got through all that. Like where, whereas I was back. I was nearly saving money, to be honest. We were mm. not spending money on petrol, going to the shops, food, bills, electricity, just going out for coffees, all this stuff that yeah, you normally yeah, course, would. That, yeah. that, that adds up. Like, so even though we are on less money, we were still coming out nearly better. Like, mm. um, and even if I wanted to spend the money, I couldn't because like, there was nowhere open. Go. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be fair to Cork, they kept us in the loop. I know they got a bit of grief from this, from fans or media or whatnot when they first laid us off, but it's a sensible thing to do. Like We... we didn't think twice that that was going to happen. Were they in touch with you? Like how were they? They were. They we would have got we got would have got regular enough correspondence through email in the first kind of week or two, just keeping things kind of just keeping us in the loop of what's going on. To be honest, the the writing was on the wall. If fans don't come in, clubs don't get money. Particularly clubs that don't have big sugar daddies that fund mm. the club. Cork was ran by fans basically. We rely on gates, and if the gates aren't there, the money isn't there. It's a no brainer. So I don't think anyone on the team kind of put up a fight against that. To be honest. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Because um, it's even though as well, I assume you're a new team. You're getting to know each other, but all of a sudden now, like some of the lone lads aren't coming back. Yeah, Graham Cummins and and Kevin O'Connor are there. Like that, that's just 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 it's just one of those things, I suppose. Like it's an unusual yeah, dynamic. Listen, I've had the, the, the strangest two years of work since I've came here. It's, yeah. it's been a very turbulent period. I've loved. I've genuinely loved every minute of it. It's just been terrible. If you'd have told me everything that happened since when I first signed, I wouldn't believe half of it. Like in terms of like. 
coronavirus happening, dislocating my shoulder. Everything seemed to be turned against me mm. one way or another. Now, the club, like the club faced some yeah, you know, managerial changes. That's it, three managers. Do you know what I mean? I was, it, it has been turbulent, but like I think we're, we're firmly on our feet now. We have a firm mission. There's 13 games left. It's black, It's very black and white at the stage. There's no confusion left what, what, what needs to happen. Um, we have brought in a few experience faces, which I think was, was needed, and I think everyone on our team will tell you that. Um, in terms of Kevin O'Connor, he's a double winner. Like he's, he's been there, he's done it. Cummins has had 15, 16 years as a senior pro. We still have Alan Bennett link out there, Mark McNulty, Gareth Morrissey. And then there's a bit of a dip where it's like myself, Boston, the kind of younger 20 yeah. years. So there's a, there's a good blend. And um, look, the excuse of us not being gelled at the start of the year, that's off the cards now. We've had another preseason. We've had four, four or five weeks of playing against each other and training. We've had friendlies. So... I, I really don't think there's any there's any excuse we can put forward when we get back. It's just three points and anything less than that. I think we have to put our hands up and say, look, this this isn't this isn't happening. We're not we're not good enough. But the way see we see it is we are, and we have to prove that to everyone. The best thing about going to Turner's Cross for me, anyway, is the shed. It's like it's it's just it's great. You know, it's, it's yeah. That's that's the first. So thing. like. I mean, I know you're used to every every player is playing for the small crowds at some stage in their life, as schoolboys and whatever. Yeah. Maybe even at UCD or whatever. But yeah, but like, is it going to be weird? Do you think though? Still going to turn this cross with with that? Yeah, the fact that you're playing in a stadium. If it was played in a local like once in your league pitch, or if it was played in Bishopstown, you you wouldn't notice it not being empty. Do you know what I mean? If it was mm. like in a if we played in our training ground, you wouldn't notice the nothing. The fact that it's in a big stadium and it's just a load of empty seats, that's probably the biggest thing that you notice how eerie it is. And um, even looking at the Premier League, you're looking at these giant stadiums empty. It doesn't sit right, like mm. I think everyone agrees. But look, if you just told me this mid-April when I didn't even think the league was going to start, your choice is to not play or play in front of no fans. You take this all day long. And the fact that they get to watch all the games... Whether we can't hear them or not, we know that they're watching. It's going. To, it's, it's not as if we're playing and nobody's watching us. There's still probably even going to be more than ever people watching us now, um, just via online streaming, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's not ideal. I think the fans of Cork are, are the best in the country. They've single-handedly got us through certain games, particularly the Harps game at the start of the season. Like, I don't agree we would have won that mm. in behind closed doors. That we were on our last legs in the last ten minutes. They drove us on. Um, so yes, it's disappointing, especially for the, I think more so for the, the English lads coming over. I would have built up the shed of how important it was and how great they were for all the months leading up to it. And then they can't even play in front of them. It's going to be <laughs> kind of a bit bittersweet. But look, it is what it is. We're at bottom line is we're able to play football again. And we know while we're playing that regardless of not being in the stand, they'll be watching us on TV, which is going to help us. I thought he was quite candid there about it. He's just like the players had no issue with what Cork did. And... Um, I mean, they got that really sort of late win to to make sure that they got three points, like three points from five games. Cork is going to be an intriguing story. I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, I, I'd be still a bit fearful for them. Mm. Now, I, I, I like that Dara said there's no excuses now about not gelling, that they've had loads of time. And in a strange way, I know that some clubs obviously come back far earlier than others. Um, some clubs might have come back earlier than that, but who knows? Mm. <laughs> Let's just, you know, if if you happen to see, see a load of park. if you happen to yeah. see a lot of people in the same club and the same crest in the park, it could just they could have gone the same walking route. But like, mm. the, like the, the the point is that um, 
a lot of clubs had time to spend together, like four or five weeks. Like there was a lot of thrown round signings at the start of the season. Like Cork were taking lads in from loan, you know, mm. and they're they're practically meeting each other and then playing games, or playing Rovers and Dundalk and getting absolutely pumped. Um, but I I just think from a Cork perspective now, who do you who who are they definitely going to finish ahead of? Oh, I couldn't now, agree more. Now with you. You, you you say this, you can say that. By the way, who are Sligo definitely going to mm. finish ahead of? Mm. Like who are who are Waterford definitely going well, to finish ahead of? But my Finn point Harps, is, like it's normally you would go to Finn Harps, right? That would be the default answer. It'd be Ali Horgan's default answer. I don't think it is this season. I don't think it is mm. either. No, guys, and, and that, they also they're really battle hardened. They know yeah. what it takes. Like yeah. Cork don't. They just, I don't, just well, well, like, that's why they've brought in the type of player that they have, mm. and you'll see Alan Bennett now, and you'll see the old dogs brought back in for this. But I just think that that Finn Harps are going to be okay. Like Finn Harps got back training pretty early, um, and they have, um, you know, like Webster, McNamee, you know, uh, okay, Ryan Connolly's back. They had a bit more quality they, this year. Yeah, no, no, yeah. they were they were okay. You mm. know, they were okay, and uh, I just don't think that they're. And as much as you say that. Uh, as much as you say that, yeah, there's no crowds and stuff, but they do still have a home ground where they have the ability and new dressing rooms to grow the grass. Well, they've new dressing rooms. I'm told, yeah. like they're they're excellent, but they it's still not a pleasant place to play. Absolutely, for an yeah. away team, even if there's you know, and and who knows, in a month's time, you might. Have but a the couple, flip side is, you I might have a couple of hundred spectators in a couple yeah. of months' time. I don't think Cork time. home advantage. I think people they, they, they will love going to Turner's Cross. It's a lovely pitch, no shed. I was like, I don't see that as a as a positive for Cork at no, all. Actually, no, 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 no. I, that's my point I mm. think the Sligo of Sign Junior you know Harps as we mentioned Waterford I think are still have the potential to be vulnerable just purely John Sheridan who's very good reputation as a manager and he's he, thrown he, in at the he deep end like. team. he's thrown in they've lost some players yeah. loan players and stuff they're, they're probably going to have to do some stuff I know they had tried this playing from last week and we'll see what happens with them but, but my point is for Cork like there's just no easy out, and that's why the relegation battle. I think between I still think Harps are going to be in or around it, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that between Cork, Sligo, Finn Harps, Waterford, like there's no obvious hierarchy there. Junior's all. a great signing for Sligo. Man, uh, yeah, really pulled signing. that out of the and fire. The guy DeVries who played the last game before the break it was actually mm. a live game on air. Thought he looked pretty decent in New Zealand uh, international. Um, so, but they'll like, have John Mahan potentially coming back as well because be he has big bonus. Yeah. But they, but they still have, like, they still have no points, you know. Yeah. So, and they play Derry. Yeah. So, I just think now for Cork and like Dara's attitude is refreshing. Um, but they're gonna, I think they're gonna find themselves really in in butter. They like, they play uh, Bows on Sunday, which is the final game of the staggered uh, round of games. Let's hear from Rob Cornwall, and after Rob, you'll hear from Luke Byrne of Shells. Uh, Shells play Watford uh, on Saturday. Yeah, uh, training during the lockdown was quite tough physically and mentally. I think it was only about three or four days after um, we went into lockdown that we got a running program off our strength and conditioning coach, uh, Ramey Tang. And there was a serious amount of running on it. Um, I think a couple of lads were joking that it was another pre-season. I think he said it was a maintenance phase, but to be honest, I don't think I've ever done that much running in my life. Um, it was so tough, very, very tough. Um, so it was kind of the same setup of Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, and then we had our gym sessions online. And um, doing uh, through Zoom, so we're doing that in a mobility session. So we were fairly busy in that sense with our training. Um, I was lucky enough to have um, or I work in a gym so I could take a lot of equipment and just kind of turn me back garden into a gym so I could still get a decent enough gym session in um, along with the runs 
lockdown as a whole was uh, quite busy to be fair. Um, we had a meeting, Keith Long Gaffer had a meeting before lockdown with all of us and just said uh, it's a perfect time for yourself to look into yourself and uh, what you actually want to do and what do you want to upskill in. Um, so I've enrolled back into college, I'm doing strength and conditioning, um, a bachelor's in strength and conditioning in Satanta College. So between that working and getting my gym sessions in and my runs, I was fairly busy um, through the whole lockdown, um, which I can't really complain about. I think probably the hardest thing about the lockdown was actually doing the, the runs on your own and not having the lads to kind of compete against. Um, it's it's mentally, it's, it's a battle mentally, um, trying to push yourself and just kind of worrying about hopefully you're not the unfit one coming back. So you kind of have to push yourself doing every single run, just making sure that you can maintain or even improve your fitness. Schedule's gonna be fairly hectic, um, and I, to be fair, I don't think we really care. I think uh, we're just delighted to be back and back playing. Um, obviously, there's not gonna be a lot of time for us to recover during games, but luckily enough, our, our team is quite. Uh, we have good depth in our team, and we're quite strong this year. Um, I think all the training that we've done over lockdown will hopefully stand uh, stand to us, and hopefully we'll be able to recover fast enough in between games. Um, but like I said. Um, we're just happy to be back and back playing competitive games now. Yeah, and then we have Cork on Sunday. Um, it's a tough place to go. Turn us cross. Um, I don't know how many times I've, I've got a result down there. And obviously, I know Cork haven't probably started the best um, um, at the start of the year. But um, they are a good team. They, they play good football. Neufen, um likes to play out a lot and, and play expansive football, which is, which is hard to play against because there's a lot of space that you have to cover. Um, so it's not going to be an easy game and obviously going down to Turner's Cross I know there's no fans going to be there but it is a hard place to go we still have to travel a uh, good few hours to get down there for the first game but uh, hopefully it'll be a good game hopefully get some good weather Yeah it was obviously strange uh, training in isolation but it's probably something that we've all been used to at some stage in the off season training on our own to get ready for pre-season but maybe this was just the, the longest period of time we've all had to do it for but from our point of view at Shales, the staff uh, kept us really engaged. We had three, four, five Zoom classes a week sometimes. And um, we also had running programs and our GPS fests. And uh, that allowed us to come back in good condition. Everyone came back fit and looked after themselves, which is a credit to them, to, to everybody. And initially training was in small groups. Um, so we, we would have different schedules, different lads in at different times, and the club were, were very uh, compliant with COVID regulations, you know, one-way systems, temperature testing, um, online questionnaires to fill out every day, uh, taking our own temperature in the morning and before we went to training, and um, everything was very professional, and th that all went smooth. Um, you can get a lot done in the small group training, so while obviously you, you prefer to be with the full team and play 11 v 11s uh, it wasn't possible initially but um training was still really good um got a lot of quality work done and then slowly but surely we were allowed to train as a full team and that's been the case now for probably the last i don't know what it is maybe five six weeks and that's when the friendly started so look it was a bit strange at the start but it's it's no big deal we you know the club adjusted and adapted and straight into the friendlies which is um which is great you know we all got a lot of minutes in the tank 
probably got more minutes in the tank in this preseason than we would have back in January. So we've really got to hit the ground running because we're ambitious and we want to finish the season strong and we think we're capable of doing well, but we have to back it up and that means starting fast and you know getting points on the board as soon as possible. We've got three massive games when we go back with um, teams around us in the table, uh, Waterford, Finn Harps and Sligo. So we need to go out and aim to pick up maximum points and um, really play well as soon as we get going on Saturday and, and beyond that. And we've got a big squad with a lot of players who are fully capable of stepping in and playing at any point. So, um, yeah, it's a hectic schedule, but I think we're ready for it. Don't forget we'll be listing some of Lotto Land's weekly specials throughout the rest of the season. To restart the podcast and the season, there are two specials this week, and this is up to a maximum bet of a 10 or Lotto Land's go 3.3, that's just bigger than 94, that's the Dark Shamrock Rovers and Bows all win. And they also go 6 to 5 to a max bet of 20 quid, that's right, 6 to 5 that Dundalk win the league this season. Rob Cornwell, obviously, there, he mentioned this. Um, you know, it must have been strange for the players, Dan, you know not knowing when they were coming back, then having to go into hard training. Greg Bulger for Shamrock Rovers, desperately unlucky. He gets injured out for the season. Um, you have to have massive sympathy for him. Rovers obviously far better cater, far better able to cater uh, for something like that. But uh, some teams might come back, and I don't know how this is going to work out. Some teams might be equal. Some teams might be more equal than others when it comes back well, uh, to, to action. Like, Well, you see that like Derry had a situation where Tim Nielsen came back and they weren't happy with his physical condition, you know, and they... Um, and he's now left the club, and you know th- th- there's a lot there's a lot riding on the personal discipline of players and how they've conducted themselves during the break. And obviously, if you've had players who've gone back in some cases to their own country or they're training on their own, some people, some players are, are, are you know, Dara kind of mentioned earlier about like lads would challenge themselves and do stuff mm. within them. You know, some are motivated some maybe find it harder you know some people which is fair some enough. people as we know like you know them we all know them like you know that they're, they they get fitter when they're in a team environment whereas you know one on one they find it a bit more difficult so seeing where all the teams are at physically like it's it's definitely going to be it's a sports science challenge this you know and like what do you do when you come back like the littlest injury now can be very costly like you have a situation now say so Greg Bulger now the injury he got unfortunately would have ruled him out at the end of most seasons you know like he's he, that's a long term injury in any mm. scenario but you have a situation I think Graham Burke is shrugging and they have a couple other little niggles and knocks Rovers uh, Rovers and it, and it's a case of let's just say you have a situation with a player. And I'm not speaking about Rovers here. I'm speaking generally that you know they have a little bit of an ailment, uh, but you know that we're going to have another long break in October unless you're in the cup, I guess. What about if you're thinking about surgery and treatment? Do you think let's just let's just get to the end of the season and we'll review it in November because the stakes are so high that every match counts for so much for so much. Like Graham Burke, I think might miss a game or two after the restart. We're still waiting for Rovers to fully clarify their injury. Uh, pitcher because uh, I think there was one or two other players like I think Rory Gaffney had a little just a little type of niggle and stuff and what do you do now you know what do you do like when you when you have 13 games to win the league you've also got Europe to throw into the mix um, big talking point at the launch with, with various players I spoke to last week you know that you come from classic f- sort of famine to feast that like Pats I think of five games in 15-16 days players are going to get injured there's no Absolutely. doubt there's no doubt the players are going to go you know they're, 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 they're going to get into a game situation no matter how many friendlies they play um, they're just they're just going to get caught like 
and the bigger squads. I mean, you have this five subs thing now, of course, mm. as well, which in our league is massive advantage for the Dock and Rovers. Huge. Like, it's absolutely like like the Rovers Mar- Rovers are three points ahead. The the, the league yeah. has been massively shortened. Um, they're playing Dundalk away, granted, but Rovers are in a position now where they hold the upper hand. Well, they are. But, 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 yeah, but my point is, I'm just saying that if you're if Dundalk are playing Pats on Friday, and Pats are doing a, a good solid job, and with 15 minutes to go, bring on not, three subs. But they don't, don't just bring on three; they can bring, bring on five. On five now. Yeah. Like so, if the first three don't work, mm. you know, sometimes they had that play. They bring on Georgie Kelly, and but it wasn't happening from. But now they can they can look to whoever you know. Odua or Kolovich or whatever mm. and similarly like Rovers you know they have they have a deep squad still I think Sean Cavan is coming back now he's one of the other winners of the yeah. of the break he's not going to miss as much football as he would have but my you know and they've like David they have a deep enough squad but the, the whole thing is weighted towards the, the deeper squads oh, now absolutely um, but the whole Rovers dynamic yeah like it's 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 a weird one you know Um like when you consider the high we had of that game in Tala and you know the seven thousand people at the match, um, and just just like the, it looked like it was going to be a really special season in Tala, just like the Friday night crowds and the atmosphere, and all of a sudden now on on Saturday, they're playing Finn Harps at home, who are a hard team to play against, um, and it's just it, it it's going to call on different motivational skills you know and the the driven nature of that group is going to be you know the, the, like you're going to need that drive and even someone like Bulger is just going to be missed because he's like a real presence and he's one of the players in that group that's won a league before like they don't mm-hmm. have so there's a lot of onus I still think on on Ronan Finn and those senior players there who have the experience of of winning that league because for some of those younger lads I can understand how it's been a weird it's been a sort of a weird time and it's going to be a different they're not going to be feeding off the energy of that Friday night lights, as Absol- they call it before, you know? When you think of how special Tala was that night, um, it's Derry Sligo, Dundalk Pats, uh, Shells Watford, just to reiterate again, yeah, Sh- we have to, yeah, Sharmock Dar- Overs, Finn Harps, and uh, obviously Cork Bowes. It, different it, it, times, though. We've got Derry Sligo at 5.45 yeah. How many Friday. of these games will you watch? Derry, well, I, I'm going to Dundalk on Friday for Dundalk and Pats. So yeah, but you can you can on the the watch out of way you can watch them on playback anyway. So then Friday Saturday two o'clock shells Waterford. I think I'm going to go to that. Uh, so then you can't you can't go you can't do a double header on the same day. Yeah. Uh, Rovers and and Finn Harps is at five o'clock and then Cork and Bowes is on Sunday. I can definitely envisage it being on in the background in a lot of gaffes like where say you're a Pats fan. Shells are playing Watford. I'm not going to necessarily watch the game, but that game's going to be on on my laptop. And I'll yeah. be kind of half... You know, I'll be making the tea, making the dinner, might be doing all the shit, but I'll be, I'll be actually watching what's going on in the... Well, I mean, judging by your lockdown activity, you'll be out on the bike. I'll, I'll, like, like, during the lockdown, you've taken up several new activities. You've uh, taken up, not really. You've taken up cycling. You've taken up epidemiology. You, you've chosen to escape the rigours of social media by quitting one medium and joining another, posting more regularly pictures of food and dogs and, and I've kind of like kind of given up on the food actually. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hasn't been one. John's Instagram account. If you want to see uh, close-ups of pizza, uh, you can go there or swimming or whatever. Like the yeah, swimming, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Lockdown's been uh, it's changed people because f- for me it was there was no football and racing, so I just had to do something else, and uh, it's strange. You just kind of readjust. I've lost interest in leaving Ireland, which is a strange one. Really? Just, yeah. Just like I've. So much this country has to offer. And I also think um, the one thing out of this that we should be looking at is not uh, coronavirus, longer term, but climate change. And I don't really want to fly if I don't need to anymore, genuinely. It's interesting. Mm. 
Yeah. I think yeah. we're absolutely screwed climate-wise, um, and that's me being a climate expert, obviously. But I do, I do really fear that. Speaking of travel, the European games, um, which, <laughs> like, this is going to be bonkers. Bose have already booked the Viva Stadium if they get a home draw, um, and it's obviously an if they get a home draw. But there are so many ramifications here for what might go on in Europe and travel and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, do you know what? Listen, I know we, we've, we've had our old back and forth slagging about bits and bobs, you know, with, with this whole thing. I found with travel, you know, and just to not think about it is the best thing to do because this story has just evolved all the time. Like people make wild predictions. I understand it's just the nature we were bored. I mean, we need mm. something to talk about. When will fans be allowed back in? When will we have you know games and like we would lots look, of weddings we, called off. All and so this on. stuff, yeah. And we were always looking ahead to September. You know, like it was miles away. I always had the attitude: let's just wait till three weeks before because what we knew in May changed by June and what we knew in June changed, you know. And like, then it's gone back the yeah, way. And then it's gone back. Yeah. So you can never go further than three weeks ahead, right, in your head. But now with these European games, it's getting very real all of a sudden that these games are now taking place, you know, within the next, you know, two, three, four weeks. Mm. So if, if we have a little setback, that, that knocks us back those three weeks. It has the potential to have a big impact in these games. Now, at the moment, I know that there's a big discussion around, at government level, the government expert group for sport have had a debate around, say, the Ireland game in Bulgaria in September. Because if you think about it, even an Ireland international game is quite complicated. You know this from racing. You, you're actually the classic person to speak about. You have a jockey this week, Colin Keane, going to ride in Goodwood. Taking two weeks off. So he has to quarantine and come back for two weeks. But he's an individual jockey, right? He's not travelling in a team. That's why he has to do it. Whereas the Irish cricket team has gone over to play in England in a in a bubble. Like they've gone over in a bubble together. Um, and they're all, you know, they're, 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 they land together. They go to their hotel together. And this is the UEFA aspiration for their club competitions that you become essential Set workers you become essential workers but like you think of the Ireland-Bulgaria game I, I feel like I'm almost trying to become like a you're becoming a sort of a curtain twitcher by raising some of these points but the Irish players generally all fly in individually to Dublin and report to Dublin so you'll have one coming from London, you'll have one coming from Newcastle, you'd have, you know what I mean? Mm. Like they're going to have to make all these individual flights in to meet. So I'm kind of wondering, are they going to have to meet in England? Or what way are they going to have to do this to fly? And then you come back to Dublin. Like, just all these issues that people now are suddenly going to have to start thinking about. I guess I probably thought, like, Munter, even though I've been probably way more cautious or negative than you, I did sort of think that by the time we got towards September, that we'd have a lot more clarity about our travel issues. And I think even with the Europa League now and the Champions League coming up, it's a bit easier that the teams are all based in the country training together so you can move them as one. Mm. But if you're still playing against the team, you're drawn against a team from a country that has a really bad, is in a bad way at the moment. Um, like it was spoken about at one stage at UEFA level that in a draw, home advantage would go to the country with the best health situation so like <laughs> so, you're, rule out so, Belarus so, anyway, so you're yeah. so you're looking through the list going like who do we want like, this, listen, this, is, this is gallows humor we know like you know this is a very serious situation but like you're almost getting the draw and then you're going well like what's their cases like today you know what's it mean because we've seen in the lockdown like, you know clubs will just look out for number one no matter what it's like mm. who do we want you know like like what's their picture like but if you like Sweden at the moment is a catastrophe you know uh, well not a catastrophe but it's, it's their, their numbers are bad. Yeah. So if you have a situation where Dundalk potentially can play the champions of Sweden, Jer Gardens, which would be a tough, unsuited team to get, um, like do you do you go there? You know. 
So like I just think that this is um this is this it's is an evolving story, like. an evolving story, mm-hmm. and like you know, it's it, what you ideally want is just to get you know our Irish clubs to get other greenless countries to get Finland or Gibraltar or uh, take Gibraltar. Get, get Greenland into the whole thing, yeah. and uh, you know whoever. Although I mean, you actually go to Gibraltar, you have to go through London directly <laughs> anyway. So like, let's not go down that road. But I just think that that's something that the European. I thing, hadn't really thought about that. Much, yeah, like and, you, yeah. and I always had the attitude. Listen, time will pass and it'll it'll get clearer. But I actually think it's getting a bit greyer. It is, a, it is. As, as it gets closer. I thought that the way it has been for me was I was surprised that the trajectory went so high and then I'm surprised that it's just come back and there's such a mentality change over the last yeah. week or two. It's, um, it's going to be tougher. Like, it's gonna I think be we've seen tough. the US cases and we've seen all these r- ridiculously bad figures in other countries and we're like, oh, no. Um, I, just, I, just, I, just, like, I just think like the draws, I think, meant to be, uh, I think it's August the 10th. Mm. Around August the tenth, so which obviously is our maybe our next phase decision, but mm. it's it's going to become very topical then, you know. I'm just glad uh, that there's football back. Um, I haven't been energized by the Premier League, being honest. Uh, I yeah, just it hasn't floated my boat um, compared to this, and just being able to, as much as I've given out about the like you, I'd prefer longer games. The games mean so much now, and we do have first division games as well. Just mention the fixtures at. Bizarre that it's all back all of a sudden. Athlone, Wexford, Bray Cove, UCD, Longford, Galway, United, Cabin Teeley, and Shamrock Rovers will be playing Drogheda. Uh, Shamrock Rovers the second. Um, and uh, I like Shamrock Rovers the second. Can we call him that for the rest of the second, year? Yeah. It's like Davis Love the third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if we could call them, I, let's just call him Shamrock Rovers the second for the rest of the year. I like it. Um, Longford Bray. Shamrock Rovers Junior on the third as well, and uh, the first division obviously heating up. We have, we have a lot of games coming over. Yeah. Next, we're going to have Monday, Tuesday. Bear with us a bit matches. as we. It's, it's actually hard. FBI I've genuinely Cup. forgotten players that play for certain clubs. I've forgotten horse races. Um, I've forgotten what we used to do in LOI Weekly because it's been so long. Um, it's I, been forgot, a long I, forgot, I forgot what you looked like until today. You look similar. Well, I haven't a changed. A bit slimmer. A bit slimmer. Don't know about that. Um, I just want to mention um, before we go, we, we obviously did have um, a couple of tragedies over the lockdown, and we mentioned there Harry Taff. Um, Dan, you, you're obviously much closer to Dundalk than I am. Um, you know, you're from RD, you're close to a lot of members at the club. Just speaking to people, there was so much love for this man, and uh, it's just very, very sad. Yeah. He was a very well liked character. Yeah. I, I didn't know him, I, I would have seen him on a way trips but uh, just a lovable guy apparently yeah no listen I, I'm not going to pretend I knew Harry especially well other than seeing him at a lot of press conferences on the away trips and, and often thinking and I, I spoke to him going to Carbag last year because always, he always used to go to the back seat of the plane and uh, he'd always be observing everything from the back seat of the plane that would be his strategic mm. spot I think he'd be watching what was going on and uh, on the charter he'd come up with food and hand it around um, yeah I'm actually going to work on a piece around that actually uh, all going to plan for the end though this week because I think it's very hard to, to talk too much about the Dundalk Pats game in my opinion anyway it's my personal view without uh, like talking about Harry's the impact of the whole Harry passing because I think that's going to hang it's going to and it's not only the, it's not, when the you think, uh, you think Robbie Benson p- Stephen O'Donnell and, and now yeah, obviously Georgie Kelly people are very much aware of it and this is the thing like we're not coming back to the structure of our normal lives but a lot of time has passed and we've mentioned like Big Deck at Rovers and mm. by the time that this is awful like morbid way of talking but like you know by the time that people get back to, to their games like a lot of people that they associate with games may not be there you know like you think even like a lot of 
older people who have, who have passed away and, 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 and elderly you know, people who won't go to games who will be afraid you know, to go yeah. who'll be wary of going and that was and a massive massive social element for them yeah. if you're a pensioner maybe it's something you really look forward to going to games yeah and it's, it's tough it is it is, it's it tough. is. and um, like and that's why you know this is this is we're back but we're not back you know like absolutely. we're back that it's great and like i think it was important we came back because for the people who are employed here like the full-time players the, the you know the, you know the idea of businesses closing up till till january february march was i always thought it was ludicrous um because it was also built around this view that it will just be gone magically then like we're like like click our fingers like unfortunately we're going to live with some version of this for a while and to get back to the normal that we had before is certainly going to take a while. Yeah, uh, I hope it comes back quicker than 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 I'm talking there. But in terms of like that full stadium experience, that like a lot of what is, you know, the allure of the league that brought us into it initially isn't going to be there now. And as I said, I'm repeating myself from the start of the show that is a, like we always say we should focus on the football, but so much of the League of Ireland attraction is a lot of the stuff that goes around it as well. And a lot of that stuff that goes around it is now gone. So we you know for the foreseeable. Mm. So we have to create a new one. Now we still have a discussion. We have shows like this, you know, with all the interaction and stuff we have as possible is great. And like the the, the streaming thing might actually grow awareness. Because as I said, like sometimes we know a lot about our own teams, but we can you know you can yeah. Yeah. see more and learn more and appreciate more and maybe like because the biggest thing that we need to happen that everyone can agree on is that the league will go nowhere unless people are ro- broadly on the same page and maybe like pe- people when when people say that you know there's no excuses about uh the, the streaming system or you know let's find out where we stand it's not necessarily saying we need to find out where we stand and we need like like sales like to go through the roof and this to be a success i think it's more a case of it's a review period to see how it works. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. see like what works, what takes off. Does it command interest? Do games it's like we've always talked about kickoff times and how we should experiment. Actually, will Saturday evenings work? Is that a good time mm. to go? Like Sunday evenings, like you know, and we can learn a lot from these next couple of months. I if think. they do the data on it properly, yeah. and if they know um and I don't like you can make the best of what is a bad situation. This is this is not a betting show and I'm you know, football is football, but I do think there is a potential um money to be made from the interest that there will be in this streaming wise. I hope anyway, because I think it's also a very good stream. Like so if you there's there's always those stories about you you speak to the taxi driver in some obscure country and he can tell you about the League of Ireland and there is a market there. Um, um, that is it though for the week it's thanks also for everyone who listened in during our sporadic lockdown episodes which were quite epic Dan they're like t- t- the length of a football game it was game like and uh, war and peace time. on air yeah. um, um, often there was more 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 war than there, peace there, to be fair but like you know it's it's yeah, we are back, you know, like we are back. We'll be back weekly from now on are, as well, which we is great. We are glad to be back. We will be LOI weekly in name and uh, yeah, manner. And we know, like, we, we, a lot of people's travel routines and stuff might have changed, but we are, we are. Uh, it, it is good just to have the discussion back. And I think like, there is so much to discuss, but it will be just good to have that distraction of, there'll be some... Just talk about a goal be, that should have been. There'll be some scandal this weekend, yeah. yeah a goal, there'll be a goal, or there'll be a row, or there'll be an episode. Vinnie Pert and Stevie O'Donnell squaring off each other. Someone will have a go at something, and we can we can, we can can have that. Talk that, about the trivia. That's all sport like. really is. It's, yeah, it's meant to be a great distraction from our lives. and The great we've triviality. It. We've missed it. Um, that's it for this week. Thanks very much again to our sponsors, Lotto Land, uh, where you can not only 
only dream bigger for your Euro Millions and Irish Lotto betting, but also check out the top uh, SSE or very natural reader, isn't he? And yeah. European qualifier markets at lottoland.ie uh, forward slash sportsbook. I wouldn't be one to back uh, on the lotto. Uh, if you do, that's fine. But uh, do check out the yellow eye odds because um, obviously some interesting games. And if you do like a bet in a game, it's very hard to factor in the fact that there's no shed, there's nobody in Finn Park. Um, basically, the best team should win. Um, simple as that. Uh, that's it, Dan, I think. That's it, John. Um, yeah. And uh, where did you say you were at the weekend? Dundalk. Uh, Dundalk and, and Shells. Shells, I think. You have to see this and, and you have to get your applications in early and mm. stuff. And again, like I, I definitely think, you know, there's a small number of people allowed to go and those of us in the media that can go should be grateful for it and not like rubbing it in people's faces because I know a lot <laughs> of people are going to miss it, you know? And so, um, but yeah, it's going to be weird. It's definitely going to be going to be a strange experience, but, but looking forward to it too, I have to say. We've missed this and thank you for listening. But there are limits to your life.